the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Get out of my face. That's what conservatives uh, may be saying to North Face, you know, the company that makes really nice clothes to wear when you're out in the snow and used to be a company that was. I guess kind of masculine, seemed to appeal more to men, you know, the rugged outdoorsman, uh, skier, mountain climber. Well, not anymore, apparently, like the Dodgers, Target now. They seem to have missed the story about Bud Light and their sales being in the toilet because of using a sick man who thinks he's a woman to help promote their beer. This is a TV ad that you're about to hear, the, the sound of the TV ad, so you can't get a full appreciation for it. So let me describe what you're being spared from seeing on this video. It's a man dressed up as a really, really ugly woman. That would be a drag queen walking outside. As bad as it sounds, it's a hundred times worse when you see the creature in living color. Hi, it's me, Patagonia, a real-life homosexual. And today, I'm here with the North Face. We are here to invite you to come out in nature with us. Wow, this is nice. We like to call this little tour the Summer of Pride. This tour has everything. Hiking, community, art, lesbians, lesbians making art. Last year, we gay saw shade across the nation and celebrated pride across the nation with hundreds of you across the nation. This year, we're back, back, back again with two new stops. Atlanta, GA. Why? Because you're there. In Salt Lake City, we're coming for you. Howdy, here we Of course. This year, all these fabulous speakers will be coming from inside this TV to a nature near you. So come outside and celebrate the beautiful LGHG TV community. That's pretty gay. It's enough to make you want to puke is what it is. And never buy anything made by North Face again, by the way, which uh, there's a good chance I'm, I'm never going to do now. I'm running out of thing products I can buy. Anyway, in our second half hour... We're going to talk about how this whole nauseating movement centered now around transgenderism is proof that we're no longer on a slippery slope. We've gone off the cliff. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Chadwick Moore. He's the author of a biography of Tucker Carlson. It's called Tucker. He'll tell you why Tucker was fired, among other things. Stick around. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage garnishment coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. <laughs> he found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax. They know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. According to the U.S. Debt Clock, in the time you hear this commercial, our nation's debt will go up by $1.5 million. That's more than $2 billion a day, $15 billion a week. Right now, our debt is over $30 trillion and climbing fast. The question is, how do we pay it off? The answer is increasing taxes. Now, think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are historically low or later when rates are potentially higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. 
Beth Andrews and the team at NetWorth Advisors know what to look for. Beth can help you create a plan so your retirement is as tax efficient as possible. Call 800-426-1428 to set up a visit with Beth Andrews and NetWorth Advisors. 800-426-1428. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Call now. 800-426-1428. Firm offers insurance services and may not give tax advice. NetWorth Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. Remember the last time you got a quote-unquote free phone? You started out feeling great, then came the hefty activation fees, four-line requirements, and, of course, the binding contract. You don't need that again. Only Pure Talk gives you a free 5G Samsung Galaxy phone without the feeling you've been duped. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data plan with mobile hotspot for just $55 a month. And get a 5G Samsung Galaxy for free. That's right. Unlimited everything at a fraction of the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, all on America's most dependable 5G network. Switch to Pure Talk, the wireless company I am proud to stand behind because they're proud to stand behind me. Just dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager to get a free Samsung Galaxy when you sign up for unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data. Again, dial pound 250, say Dennis Prager, Pure Talk, wireless for Americans, by Americans. People ask me sometimes, Lance, I'm worried about my finances and I feel bad because I should be worried, right? I realize that inflation is going to be eating up money. I've got to do something to get around this crazy stock market and Biden's spending spree. Gold has, since the beginning of time, been the resource that God's people have relied on. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, is what the prophet Haggai said during a time of great shaking. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. I want you to text the words FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and get a free info kit on Gold IRAs. There's no strings attached to this, so just text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 98. 98 98 and see what i've discovered here about gold and its ability to stabilize your investment and create a storage of wealth for you in unsteady times the john steigerwall show am 1250 the answer hey whatever happened to tucker carlson it's been about a month since he was fired by fox news there's still a lot of questions out there about why he was fired who fired him his last uh, guest on his last show was chadwick moore who happens to have written a biography called Tucker. And Chadwick Moore joins us now. Chadwick, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So before we get to your book, um, you, lep- you lit up Twitter uh, in the last couple of days by saying you know why Tucker Carlson was fired. So you want to start with that? Can you tell us that? Well, I can tell you what my sources told me, and it was more than one person who had intimate knowledge of the situation, and they said with, great assurance that the reason why he his show was taken off the air we keep saying fired because it's in our minds but he's still an employee of fox news right uh, but his show was pulled off the air is because it was a condition in the settlement with dominion between fox and uh and dominion so that is what dominion has denied this and fox has denied this uh but dominion's wording of the denial is interesting they, they essentially said that they made no condition about tucker carlson's employment well, that could be very much true because he is still employed there. So uh, that is what uh, that was also previously reported. And my sources had told me that information before it was previously reported. So we um, went to Twitter and, and made a video just explaining that. We mm-hmm. thought that it was important to talk about this stuff now. So what, so it could be uh, something like this. Um, Dominion says, listen, we'll take a uh, billion dollars or... If you fire Tucker Carlson, you can get by on seven eighty-seven, seven hundred eighty-seven million, something like that. Possibly, that's what happened. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure yeah. of any of the specifics other than what I said. Yeah. Uh, but what does seem clear, and what my sources said, is that Fox, the people who made this decision, really didn't understand what they had on their hands with Tucker Carlson. They didn't realize that he was himself a brand that was as powerful, if not more powerful, than the network itself. They figured that getting rid of him was essentially like getting rid of Bill O'Reilly or Megyn Kelly and that they would recover because they're Fox and they're invincible. Uh, so my sources say the reason why this was such a catastrophic mistake is that the people who made the decision just simply don't didn't understand their audience and what he meant to them. Well, do you get the feeling from your sources or did you have that this, a, a discussion with them about whether or not there are any regrets 
for having fired him, or well, we'll call it firing him, because that's what they did. So I haven't heard uh, anything about that. All, I, all I've been told is just that it was told to them that this was the reason. So I don't know the aftermath of what everyone's mm-hmm. saying. Um, I'm sure there are. I'm sure they're freaking out, to be honest. Really? So, so um, what was the monologue that he never got to deliver on the day he was fired? You talked about that also, I think, on the Twitter video. Right. I happened to see the monologue that he'd already written for that uh, Monday show. It was Monday, April 24th, and he was going to talk primarily about Ray Epps in January 6th. And he was also going to talk about AOC and other people in government who were trying to get his show taken off the air, ironically. And uh, he, the, the, the night before on CBS's 60 Minutes, Ray Epps was given the star treatment, and he disparaged Tucker's show, and Tucker was going to defend himself and also talk a lot more about um, Ray Epps and, and, and ask a lot of questions about why he's not been charged with anything, why he's so protected. Yeah, and we'll get to the book in a second. I, I, I just keep coming up with questions about the firing because, uh, or the ending of his show, however you want to put it. Um, it just seems that um, that that Fox, it, this thing with the monologue, he was he was he had gotten to the point on a Monday morning or whatever it is he writes his monologue and starts preparing it that he was assuming he was working. Uh, and you wonder, does that mean that the lawsuit definitively said, listen, this guy's got to go, or that was part of it, and then the monologue and more stuff about Ray Epps and January 6th was a, a last straw from maybe the editorial department somewhere? So I'm not, I, I, it's difficult to say what, what, what usually happens is he, as he did that morning, he sent his monologue to his producers, uh, so they had seen it. He got the call from Fox News President Suzanne Scott shortly after that. But his team is very tight. He's never had anyone betray him. It's possible, of course, someone could, someone higher up could have seen that in the process. But 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 they don't think, you know, my sisters don't think so. Tucker doesn't think so. Um, it might just be a, a twist of faith that that's what happened. But who's to say? Um, the what what I what I was told is that the agreement was reached just moments before. Um, uh, talk, uh, I'm sorry, moments before the trial was meant to start and that Fox News desperately did not want to go to trial. Uh, and the primary reason I was told is that they didn't want Rupert Murdoch to testify. Uh, so it was like I source said moments before uh, it was that they reached this agreement. Uh, and, and actually, if they had gone to trial, Fox was pretty confident that they would have won. But they didn't for that for that reason. Uh, and that was about six days before uh, he got the call that his show was being pulled off the air. Okay, the book is called Tucker. Chadwick Moore is uh, the author of it. He's here with us now. So, so how long have you been working on this book, Chadwick? So we've been working on it for uh, about a year. Uh, and in fact, the book was done in the end of March. Uh, we were just tidying it up. Uh, I, I filed my manuscript on March 31st. We were editing. And um, funny enough, the, 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 the week he was fired, that Tuesday, I had I was supposed to call him because I had a couple, I had five follow-up questions, you know, just clarifying some things and whatever. And then this happened. So we had a, uh, we went through, I've talked to, I've interviewed Tucker twice since his show ended. So I've got um, a couple more chapters in the book updated to all of that, what's happened since, how he's feeling about it, what he's been doing. Uh, and then, um, you know, it's a book about his life. So we didn't change much of what was already written, just had to kind of change some, some present tense to past tense when we're talking about his Fox News show. But it's, a, it's his, you know, from birth to uh, a couple weeks after the show, he got the call about his show being pulled off the air. And it's, it's really about who he is as a man. You know, I really wanted to know what made him tick. It's, it's, I'm an independent biographer. Uh, I'm, not author, I'm not authorized to him, but he gave incredible access. And uh, he hasn't seen a word of the book. He hasn't asked to see it. He's just been totally open and wonderful and, and obliging and, and let me spend a lot of time with him over the last year. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, story about who he is and how he got to be where he is today and what he's really like. Uh, and that's the story I wanted to tell. Did his uh, firing, uh, cause you to release it sooner than you had planned? And, and were you any less surprised than most of America when he was fired? Oh, I was completely, I was totally surprised too. And, you know, there's still a void in my, in my evening schedule because of it. Me the book too, was yeah. always going to be, yeah, you know, um, because a lot of us revolved our, our nights around that, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, uh, the book was always going to be announced in May. And in fact, it was pushed back a little because we had to make some changes and, and get some more information. Um, but it was, you know, it, it was always going to be announced this time of the year. Um, so it's just sort of strange that this happened um, as it has. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, 
I think the guys uh, – I did – I worked in television for 30 years, and I, I teach a, a – a, I'm kind of a, a coach for college students on how to get better on TV. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at judging television talent, and this guy is a super-duper, duper star when it comes to just being a performer on television, okay? Forget the content. Um, and but what was it? What what is it about him that separates him from uh, Bill O'Reilly or Megyn Kelly or some of the other or Don Lemon for that matter? Nobody's going to do a biography of Don Lemon, and no. And, and if they did, nobody would buy it. But people are going to buy your book. And so, what is it about Tucker Carlson that makes him worthy of this book that you wrote? If it was a comedy about Don Lemon, I think people would buy it. That could be good. <laughs> but with uh, with Tucker Carlson. Um, you, you're right, uh, what you described, and actually, if he wasn't who he was politically, he, he could be a game show host. He could be, and in fact, he, yeah. uh, earlier in his career, he auditioned to be a game show host, on a, and he was doing some pilots. But um, he, so what makes him different is, I think it's, it's his power to, to connect with his audience in a way that, that no one else really can, and the fact that what he speaks about on air, he truly cares about, and, he, and he, he talks about topics that other hosts can't get away with because they wouldn't care about it. When he talks about something like architecture or beauty or something of that nature, mm-hmm. Sean Handy can't do that because Sean Handy doesn't care about that stuff. But he brings something more interesting and dynamic to it. And also he's tapped into a youth movement and particularly young men. You know, he's kind of a Jordan Peterson type character, however you feel about Jordan Peterson, in that respect that he taps into a young audience, he speaks to young men, and he talks to people who aren't generally, don't have cable news subscriptions, who don't watch cable news. Um, I think that that's something that has really made him stand out. And, and also he just has a, you know, a mind and a soul that's very different than what you're accustomed to uh, on cable news personalities. You know, he really cares. He has, he has a very rich personal and spiritual life uh, and that has nothing to do with politics or his, his news program. And he doesn't let any of it go to his head, uh, which is why I think everyone who meets him tends to really like him as a person. And uh, as I teach, the, the kids that I teach uh, about reading from a teleprompter, the secret is uh, you, you don't – I try to tell them that you're, you're not speaking to a gigantic audience. You're speaking to one person, and uh, he's a master at that, speaking to – you think he's talking to you, and that's based on his ability to write and his ability to um, – Read from the teleprompter and not sound like or look like he's reading. That's uh, and then and, and that's it's it should be easier than it is, but some guys make it a lot tougher than they have to. But you you talked about um, you know him as a guy as a person and and all that stuff and and you know you learned a lot about him because you had access. But somebody leaked a lot of behind the scenes videos of him at Fox after he was first let go, with the idea that this was going to p- portray him as a bad guy. But they seemed to backfire. And they made him look like a good guy to work with, at least to me. Is he is he well liked by people at Fox, including the staff? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Those videos that that really did backfire because it made him uh, even more likable and, yeah. and more funny and real. Everyone at Fox absolutely adores him. And uh, you know, I've had people who are still uh, at Fox. I'm no longer allowed on Fox, as you can probably guess. I was a regular on his show and on other shows. You're but, not allowed uh, on anymore. Well, I was supposed to be on a show next week, and they conveniently forgot they overbooked. You know how no, so I'm deals, sure yeah. that after this book, you know, they're not even allowed to say his name on air. I was told, yeah. but a lot of people at Fox have reached out to me, and, and they're you know they're upset because they people who didn't even work on his show just really adored him. Um, his team on the show was very tight. You know, they didn't. You, you can always tell by how quickly shows or, or any job really cycles through employees. They were there from day one. Almost everyone on the team. Mm-hmm. So you know, they obviously really loved working for him. He, they all trusted each other. No one was trying to stab each other in the back. And, um, and that also, you know, produced a quality product. Where was he when he was doing his show most recently? He was in, uh, near his home in Florida. Okay. Cause I had heard it was uh, somewhere at one point he was in Maine. So he, he splits his time between both Florida and Maine. And I, I got to visit both places. So he has a studio that, uh, in both places and, he uh, just avoids Washington. Is that the, he was just he didn't? It was it security issues or what was the reason for that? Well, he was in Washington for most of his life, and she they packed up and left when Antifa attacked his home yeah, yeah. Uh, in 2018. So that was sort of the final straw, and they said, "Forget it. We're not. It's not safe." And uh, and we want to. You know, he loves Maine dearly. Maine is his favorite place in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, his wife Susie 
he likes Florida too, but you know, he realizes that Susie sort of needs more of a social outlet so she can get that more in Florida than Maine. They live in a very isolated part of Maine. So it's sort of a compromise to the two of them. Uh, and, um, you know, they just were done with Washington after that Antifa attack. Yeah, we're talking to Chadwick Moore. He's written a biography of Tucker Carlson. It's called Tucker. Uh, when can people get the book, or is it out there now? Pre-order? Uh, yep, so the book is available for pre-order now if you go to tuckerthebook.com, and it's going to be released on July 18th. It's also on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Books A Million, and anywhere you can get books. So uh, how much security has he had to hire for himself and his family because of the Antifa thing and just because you know of, of being Tucker Carlson? Um, not very intense because where he lives is, uh, you know, in Maine, it's it's a small area and people don't bother one another. And I think Antifa would have a big problem if they ventured into actually either of the areas that he lived. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I, I know he had security, um, nothing nothing crazy. You know, there's a, one guy outside the studio, uh, scary looking guy, but I'm sure very nice. <laughs> yeah. But um, but I, I don't know. I To be honest, I meant to ask him this. Is, I, I wonder, I don't know if Fox paid for that or if now he doesn't have security. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a concern particularly because people can find out, you know, all sorts of information about someone and has a target on his back. He grew up in California. Um, has he always been a libertarian leaning conservative? Has that come from his family and uh, how did he escape California liberalism? Yeah, he, so it was, uh, San Diego where he, he spent a lot of his childhood. Uh, his father, Dick Carlson, who I've had the pleasure to get to know as well was a journalist, um, very much politically on the same page. Uh, uh, that very both both of them very very libertarian minded, civil libertarians. Um, and and Tucker was kind of on his way of being a little bit of a neocon, but he had a big uh, wake up call uh, with the with the war in Iraq, and he went to report on it for Esquire, and that really completely changed his thinking. And I write about that in the book. And what that experience is like for him, and and he became very much against uh, the Washington establishment after that. You know, he said that he realized that uh, Washington conservatives were just liberals with guns that were the, you know the most dangerous kind. Uh, so that was a big turning point in his thinking. Um, but he's pretty much been pretty consistent in a lot of his views um, for most of his life, from what I can tell, and 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 from what I document in the book. So what's next? Well, he has uh, announced that he is going to do a show on Twitter. Twitter right. is uh, announced is, is launching a new video service that they hope to compete with YouTube called X Video, and uh, he, they're going to start the show off there. They're going to see if they like the product and how it does, and uh, and then maybe move it somewhere else. But he's because he's currently a Fox News employee. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen his contract, but there's obviously all sorts of non competes in there. What I was told is that Fox. Uh, failed to put include Twitter in the non-compete, and this is makes it even more attractive venue for them to relaunch a show, and also with Elon Musk taking over, it's you know not what it right. used to be. Uh, so, so I'm not sure when that show is going to happen. I know that they're, they're figuring it out now. Finishing up with Chadwick Moore. He's the author of Tucker, a book about the life of Tucker Carlson. It's coming out in July. You can pre-order it now. Where can they pre-order again, uh, Chadwick? At TuckerTheBook.com, and you can also go to Amazon, Books uh, books a Million, Barnes & Noble. Okay, i got a little less than a minute here. um, I'm I'm just uh, wondering, what will an unfiltered Tucker Carlson look like? Well, I think that's what everyone is uh, waiting to see, uh, and and I think it's exciting. Uh, He didn't have on his show um, lots of editorial, or any editorial constraints, really, but of course on cable news, there's unspoken rules about things you can and cannot do or say, but... He had uh, a lot of freedom, and no one was really looking over his shoulder ever and telling him what he could and couldn't say. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to run it by anyone. And he was always grateful for that, and he was grateful to the Murdochs for that, because he, they, they very much disagreed on many big issues like Ukraine and, and other issues. Uh, but they, by and large, told him to, they, they were hands-off with his content. Uh, so we'll have to see how this, how this changes his approach. Last thing, real quick. Uh, he seems to have a problem with socks. I wanted to make sure I asked you about that. <laughs> he does not wear socks. Yeah. He also doesn't wear deodorant. And he loves trees. So he sounds like a hippie. And he, and he yeah. loves the Grateful Dead, too. <laughs> okay, well, good. Hey, it sounds like it's be a very interesting book. Uh, good luck with it, Chadwick. No, thank you very much. And thanks for being on the show. That's Chadwick Moore. The book is called Tucker. We'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says President Biden has played a dangerous waiting game. The president waited 97 days, not even to talk to me. He could have spoken to me, said we were wrong on other angles, but he didn't. Meanwhile, a majority of respondents to a new poll say any hike in the nation's debt limit should be accompanied by spending cuts. 60% of Americans responding to a CNN poll say the debt limit should only be raised if the deal includes cuts in spending. It's a view supporting a House-passed bill that would hike the debt limit but also freeze spending levels at fiscal 2022 levels. On the extreme ends of the poll, 24% said Congress should raise the debt limit no matter what, and 15% said Congress should not raise the debt limit but rather allow the U.S. to default on its debt. Bob Agner reporting. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says the two sides are still far apart. This is SRN News. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. AM 1250, The Answer. The Mike Gallagher Show. Only in the loony left's world is an effort to remove a curriculum teaching impressionable children that America is a filthy racist place. Is that an effort to erase black history? Which, of course, tells you all you need to know about what the NAACP thinks about the United States. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekday mornings at 9. Right before Del Wamsley at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Clear and chilly tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 43. It'll be sunny much of the time tomorrow. We'll see a brighter sky without recent haze from those wildfires. Expect a high of 67. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 44. As we look to Friday, a nice end of the week with mostly sunny skies. We'll reach a high Friday of 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. AM 1250, The Answer. Hugh Hewitt, The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice, extremely popular in his state. And he's declared he's running for the United States Senate against Joe Manchin, the Democrat who hangs on in the Mountaineer State, even though he's not popular there anymore. 
Governor Jim Justice joins me to talk about the United States Senate on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt, tomorrow morning at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9, on AM 1250. The answer. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Now we all know what happened to Bud Light uh, when Anheuser-Busch decided to use some cans to celebrate a man who was celebrating having become a woman. Uh, and maybe you've heard about uh, the movement to give Target the same treatment for, po- for promoting gay T-shirts and tuck-friendly bathing suits for kids. Uh, it just happened to be designed by a Satanist. And we opened the show with a commercial for North Face that included a drag queen selling uh, North Face stuff. So what's going on? Sarah Parsho-Perry at the American Conservative joins us now. Sarah, good to have you back on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So would it be safe to say that you believe the transgender movement has uh, taken us over a cliff? Oh, there's no question. In fact, um, I do believe that we've gone from sort of the slippery slope that many of us were worried about after Obergefell, which was the same-sex marriage decision from the Supreme Court in 2015, to absolute um, sexual deviancy and immorality, which we see now not only from the cultural elites and from the mainstream media and from academia, which we're fairly used to at this point, but now from everyday brand name merchandisers who are selling the products that we use in our lives every day. But it's happened at such a precipitous rate, usually before Pride Month or during Pride Month, we see the odd major retailer offering Pride-themed merchandise. But now it has absolutely galvanized a woke segment of the population. And if there's any indication with what's happened to Bud Light, and they are absolutely experiencing a good 25% drop in their sales in one quarter alone to the point where now Bud Light is actually offering to buy back unused cases and unsold cases of its own product, that it's very likely we're going to see the exact same effect transpire with other merchandisers like Target and North Face. Have you seen the uh, the video out there about North Face? <laughs> I have indeed, and um, I find it interesting that at the end of the ad, the drag queen says, well, that was really gay. <laughs> so it's very clear exactly what the perspective is of the corporation, number one. And number two, even from the drag queen who himself is advertising this this product line, he recognizes the overt nature, the overt sexualized nature mm-hmm. of exactly what they're doing. Yeah, um, I opened the show with that because, uh, and partially in honor of your, your coming on the show for this segment, um, and but, I know, but I, it was just it made me want to throw up when I saw it, and that was the other reason why I ran it. Um, so, uh, and you you talk about the you know what in your piece you mentioned that what was first a slippery slope has now become going over the cliff. But when uh, when conservatives referred to what they thought was looking a lot like a slippery slope, they were trashed. They were called bigots, homophobes, transphobes. And uh, is there some vindication there, or, is, uh, or are they going to be sh- shown to have been right other, by, other, by people other than other conservatives? In other words, anybody going to s- agree with what you're writing about this other than conservatives? You know, it's interesting because there are people who, for example, consumers of Bud Light, who wouldn't necessarily consider themselves to be uh, demographically conservatives. Many of them are, but many of them aren't, particularly among certain segments of the church-based community, Protestant and Catholic communities, who may not even drink beer to begin with. Mm-hmm. So these are individuals who are simply tired of corporations signaling their wokeism over-prioritizing customer demands and needs. Listen, corporations have one job. That's to make a profit for shareholders and an ancillary to provide a product for consumers. So at this point, all we can hope is that those individuals who own shares of these corporations, in addition to the consumers who buy them, both take a stand against this. And while there's truly no sense of vindication because we hate to find ourselves where we are, I'm hoping that the pushback on this will be so significant. Corporations will have to take a step back and realize 
that LGBTQIA agenda does not sell in a marketing strategy. And it's one thing to um, gain acceptance for um, p- gay people and even to allow for some kind of a union, whether you want to call it a marriage or not, between gay people. And uh, there are many people who were maybe it took a while to be dragged to be okay with that. But then you get to pedophilia. Um, that's a much different subject. And you write about this in your piece, and we're talking to Sarah Partial Perry. She wrote about this at the American Conservative. Um, in, in your piece, you talk about some of the things coming out of the United Nations Human Rights Council, uh, 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 which were referring to pedophiles being accepted. Yeah, and this, this is really some of the sort of more terrifying aspects of where we're going. And here's what it comes down to. When we deny biological reality, when we are being told that our eyes are lying to us, and that, in fact, sex is not binary, and we can be whatever we identify as, and a woman is whoever identifies as a woman, that kind of nonsensical rationale opens the door to a Pandora's box of other ills. We saw a report coming out of the uh, International Committee of Jurists when they presented at the Human Rights Council a report on sexual identities and criminal behavior. And one of the jaw-dropping statements was that we have to take into account the fact that minors can consent to sex. And so even though they are criminally prohibited, we have to take account the fact that they may be able to consent to sex with adults anyway, regardless of what the law says. Well, as many people sort of look to the United Nations for the Geiger counter of where the entire world is going, not the least of them, the United States, we've seen a Minnesota legislator, uh, sitting legislator introduce a bill to eliminate the exclusion of pedophilia from a human rights law. The human rights law in Minnesota, very expansive, but originally made clear that pedophilia was not included in that category of sexual orientation protections. Why does an individual introduce language to eliminate that from exclusion so that the reference therein is that pedophilia is now protected under Minnesota Human Rights Act. We've seen more and more of these attempts. And there is a thin, fine line between gender identity medicalization for minors and minors consenting to sex with adults. Why? Because it goes to the agency question. It goes to the question of whether or not a 13-year-old, if they believe that they're a boy, when in fact they are a girl, could they also believe that it's appropriate to have sex with a 35-year-old man? These are the moral quandaries that the trans juggernaut has resulted in. We find ourselves dealing with these hard questions because we have been forced to swallow a narrative that what we see and what we believe cannot possibly be true. Uh, the person you're referring to there in Minnesota is Lee Fink, L-E-I-G-H. I believe uh, he's a man uh, pretending to be a woman right now. And, Correct. And he's the one that came up with, uh, first of all, the fact that he's in the Minnesota, what is it, State House or State Senate. Um, the fact, State House, yes. Yeah, the fact that he's in there and people are referring to him as a woman He's, he, that's a big win for him right there on on his yeah. way to to getting what he wants because it's insane and it's you know it's a total um, uh, it's just it's a refusal to accept reality. But he has um, introduced a bill that wants to make pedophilia, as you pronounce it, <laughs> I, I I always go with pedophilia, but I'll go with peta. Um, sexual attachment to children is now a protected sexual orientation. So you're not allowed. I, I, I guess you're a pedophobe I, 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 if you if you think there's something wrong with it now. Has that word been invented and this yet? Is interesting. 
that that's interesting because now there are this is sort of a backdoor approach. Now, Lee Fink has come out and said this doesn't do anything but eliminate duplicative language. Well, my clarification for the sitting uh, Congress person would be whether or not that language is better suited to stay in the bill. In other words, wouldn't you want to make doubly certain that individuals with sexual attraction to children were not protected by civil rights law? Why eliminate it? If it's duplicative, even for the sake of protection of the state's minors, one would say this should stay in. This is also, by the way, a legislator who introduced and oversaw the passage of making Minnesota a gender identity safe haven for minor children. So don't tell me that this notion of sexualizing and sort of over-generalizing these children is not on the top of this sitting legislator's mind. Um, And uh, getting back to what the United Nations Human Rights Council said, you talked about that, but I want to read the the quote uh, that came out of your piece, and this is a quote from the United Nations Human Rights Council. Quote, sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual in fact if not in law. And then it goes on to say, enforcement of criminal law should reflect the rights and capacity of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in consensual sexual conduct. That's a pretty clearly defined thing, and it's coming right from the United Nations Human Rights Council. That's pretty scary. And it's it is pretty scary, and this, uh, the author of this report, the International Committee of Jurists, proposes themselves as a human rights organization, but I'm going to tell you, there is actually the Article, uh, Article 34 of the Convention on the Rights of the Child actually argues against and forces its signatories to prevent sexual exploitation and abuse of minors, and yet... The Human Rights Council is platforming this organization and publishing this report that's in violation of one of its own conventions. But this is how far the pendulum has swung on this notion of destruction of our human identity, our sexed reality, and a dissolution of moral order. There is nowhere to go from here except down. And see, I, I spend way too much time than I should on Twitter, but I get into discussions with p- people on Twitter where they'll say, what do you care if this person wants to identify as a woman? She uh, or he is not hurting you. And this is what they don't take into account, the stuff that you're just describing here. Absolutely. That it, it does hurt me. It, 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 it's not going to necessarily cause me physical pain or affect my life directly. But it, it hurts everybody. It's, it's, it's the ruination of society. Yes, and what we've seen, this was originally in 2015. Remember, love is love. We oh, just yeah. want to live our lives. Now in 2023, it's use my pronouns, take this diversity training. I'm going to use your bathroom. I'll use your sports team. And if you don't let me do these things... I will sue you with a civil rights lawsuit. So, I mean, really, this is no longer, it's no longer about live and let live, and particularly the involvement of children through this medicalization, these gender-affirming procedures, and now we're seeing inching closer to sexual attraction to children being protected. This is where this was always headed, and so I encourage all of your listeners to be so vigilant in what their children are watching, what they're listening to, and what they're being taught in school. It's not like this is happening under the radar either. Uh, Democrats around the country seem to be happy to promote it. They voted for this idiot Fink, Lee Fink. He's in, he's in office. He's a, people vote for these, these idiots. Absolutely. And the fact, again, that this is an individual who is a biological male and, by the way, was married to a woman um, ostensibly, they're no longer married, has two children of um, their own. This presents a very interesting dilemma. There is a public relations nightmare here bubbling just below the surface. How does one, as a biological man, now represent themselves as a parent when, in fact, they are creating exclusion of sexual attraction to children from 
certain state law canon. That, to me, I find absolutely damning. As the parent of two children, Lee should recognize the fact that these are individuals who need duplicative language everywhere they can get it. They are a specially protected category of individual, and the law has consistently recognized from the Supreme Court down that the best interests of the child are always those that take paramount consideration. Lee Fink seems to have forgotten that. Hey, Sarah, we had here in Pennsylvania someone named Rachel, formerly Richard Levine, uh, who's the uh, now the second in command at the in the in the in a cabinet position in the health department, health and human services, and he is now portraying himself as a woman, and he's pushing transgender uh, or gender affirming surgery on kids. He's in the federal government. And that's part of our sort of widespread concern is this is really a whole of culture push for gender and sexual sort of widespread alteration. We don't just see it, like I said, from local government, state government, cultural elites, academia, mainstream media and entertainment. When you have the federal government, and remember, this all started with President Biden's executive order on the day of his inauguration, telling all of his federal agencies from the HHS to Department of Education to DOJ and onward to take sex and expand it to include gender identity. Well, the natural consequences that of that is that we see individuals like David Britton, this non-binary oh, nuclear fusion expert who is now being charged again with theft of women's uh, luggage. Who's insane. Their clothing. Who is insane with mental health issues, shock yeah. and all. And also, we've got Rachel Levine, who's second in command at the HHS. When our children grow up to look at their government officials and the individuals that they look to are those like Britain and those like Levine, it automatically makes that sales pitch so much easier for the LGBTQIA plus community. We have used the word grooming. The left hates the term grooming. But when we see drag queen story hours, gender medicalization for children, sanctuary state laws, and the exclusion of pedophilia from these human rights issues, that to me is a screaming siren that every parent ought to be involved in this issue and watching very carefully what happens next. Hey, Sarah, I'm out of time. Where can they find the piece that you wrote about this? Follow me on Twitter at Sarah P. Perry, and you can also go to AmericanConservative.com. Sarah Partial Perry, always great to have you on. Great stuff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back. Turn your home into restricted airspace. Tell incoming flights you want them diverted. The new Raid Essentials Light Trap plugs into the wall and uses light to attract, then trap, flying insects like fruit flies and mosquitoes. Its 24-7 continuous attraction provides insecticide-free protection that's people and pet friendly. Consider air service interrupted. New Raid Essentials Light Trap. Insecticide-free protection. Whether you own a local business or a global one, you're always looking for ways to position your operation to create opportunities and move on them faster. With Bank of America, you get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023, Bank of America, N.A. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency on earth. And if you owe back taxes, the news isn't good. The IRS is raising the interest rate it charges on unpaid taxes. And further rate hikes are expected. Most people don't know it, but the IRS adds interest charges to your tax debts daily. So if you owe the IRS today, you'll owe even more tomorrow. And it doesn't stop until you get right with the IRS. The good news is getting right can start with one phone call to Optima Tax Relief. 
America's number one tax relief firm. Optimus Tax Professionals specialize in the Fresh Start Initiative, a powerful IRS program that can save you thousands if you qualify. In fact, the experts at Optima have resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. Call now for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hey, are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. This is John Stagerwald. Mike didn't just stop at the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, made from the world's best cotton called Giza. These sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, with prices starting as low as $29.98. These sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Take advantage of this amazing offer. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Podcast Square, and use promo code STAG at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-716-8087 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code STAG. Remember, this sale won't last forever, so don't miss out. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we opened the show with a, uh, we let you hear the sound from the video, the commercial put out there by um, North Face. A uh, company that usually we'd think would appeal to mostly men. Um, at least it was in the beginning, I think. Um, and um, it, 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 it always gets me wondering. It's a nauseating man dressed up as a woman and overly f- feminine, and it's a parody of a woman. That's fine. Uh, my, I ask the question all the time. Uh, if you find this video, just go look up the – you'll find, just by, find it by just looking up uh, North Face – commercial it'll be out there drag queen where are the commercials with women you know a woman with a crew cut wearing combat boots walking around outside promoting a product and going hey i want to tell you guys you ought to wear this stuff that i'm wearing right now because it's really nice and it feels great and you ought to be where are they how why are women why are why are men imitating women celebrated and you never see women imitating men is it because men are bad and women are good or is it just stupid that's probably the answer the john steigerwald show this production of salem media group and sponsored by service master of greater pittsburgh demand the yellow van three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com